It's uh, an honor today to bring to this pulpit a very dear friend of mine, uh, Brother Huckabee and I, as we shared yesterday evening, have known each other for many years, um, back when we were both a little skinnier and uh, a, a little younger, and um, we uh, served together at youth camps in Tennessee, uh, chaperoning kids and staying in dorms with kids and uh, uh, doing that kind of work, serving the Lord whatever way we found to, to be involved. And uh, Brother Huckabee had an anointing on his life from a young age. He shared with us last night. He comes from a different background than, than what I came from. Uh, but uh, God picked him out of the crowd because Brother Huckabee was willing to surrender his life to the Lord, his destiny and his future to the Lord. And God's used him powerfully. He pastors a great church in uh, the Kansas City, Missouri area. And uh, he'll introduce us to one of the gentlemen from the church that's come with him uh, to see Life Church and also to enjoy Southern California for a couple days. Uh, but we're so thrilled that Brother Huckabee is here. He preaches youth camps, youth conventions everywhere. Our young people got to see him at the National Youth Congress in uh, uh, Oklahoma City. But we're glad that he's here today at Life Church. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But we're not here today just to hear Brother Huckabee. We're here to hear from God, right? So I want you to open your heart to hear God. God's going to speak through this man today, and God's going to give you a word today. Are you ready to receive a word from the Lord through this man? Let's receive Brother Huckabee right now. God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't miss a whole lot of Sundays at Lakeview uh, in Kansas City. Uh, but there are a few things that you don't say no to. And one is uh, Pastor, Pastor Brown and First Lady Brown. And then also the good gift that you have here of perfect weather in Southern California. Amen. And so... While I don't, while it's rare that I miss a Sunday at Lakeview, uh, today would be the exception because of all the things that you have to offer as a body. Amen. And uh, and that comes embodied in your leadership and the gift that God has given the Life Church in Pastor Brown and First Lady Brown and all the work that they're doing. Amen. I, I mentioned last night uh, that I was here, uh, I believe 13 years ago, in the Rosemead Church, or Rosemead Avenue Church, and then I came back and I preached in the YMCA, and now I'm here, and I'm inviting myself back to the new building. How many of you believe that the Lord has wonderful things in store for the Life Church? Amen. How many of you know that there is no good gift that he will withhold from his children? Amen. If you have faith and a heart to sacrifice, there is nothing that God will withhold from this great body as he begins to give this city to the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 If you have your Bibles, the book of Genesis chapter 19, 
is where I'll take my text this morning and uh, just just to reiterate uh, many of the things that I mentioned last night. I do appreciate the opportunity to partner in ministry over the next few days with uh, the crumbs and uh, what a tremendous insight and talent they have for leading us into the presence of the Lord. And uh, amen. It just felt good in here today, didn't it? Amen. So they are not the crumbs that have fallen from the master's table. They have the goods and uh, it's, it's an honor to be partnered with them. And I already mentioned the Brown family, but Brother Sean Yisley is here, and he is a member of our congregation in Kansas City. He had never been to Southern California, and that is not a secret that anyone should have to live with. Amen. And so uh, I brought him out here, and we're going to go visit his friend, Mr. Reagan, tomorrow. And uh, we, we've kind of gone around the city. I love, I love L.A. and the L.A. area. And Brother Yisley got to experience that with me today and, or this uh, past couple of days. And it's just been an honor to be together. I'm glad you're here. I mentioned last night he's a big Royals fan, and the Royals are going to the World Series. And so today and last night was the only time he hasn't been wearing something Royals. We went to Starbucks this morning. He was all decked out in Royals. He woke up this morning. He had on Royals pajamas. And so he's, he's ready. He's ready for the World Series, and we peeled him away for a few days. He thought we were going to get kicked out of the hotel Friday night while I was off speaking to folks at Brother Brown's house about the gospel and winning the lost and all of that important stuff. Brother Yisley was in the room trying to get us kicked out because of some pitch that had gone awry. and so, uh, But we did clinch, and they forgave us, and everything's good, and... Praise God. It's good to be together. The book of Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 15 is where I'll begin reading. When the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life, look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. And Lot said unto them, O not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast shown unto me in saving my life and I cannot escape to the mountain lest some evil take me and I die. Behold now this city is near to flee unto and it is a little one. Oh let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said unto him see I have accepted thee concerning this thing also that I will not overthrow this city for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar, and the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. I want to preach for just a few moments this morning. The father who won't let go. The father 
who won't let go. Would you lift your hands and your voices to the Lord? Let's invite him to speak to us this afternoon. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for what we feel in this room and in this assembly. We are appreciative, Lord, of the visitation of the spirit that we feel coursing through this sanctuary this afternoon. We're asking, Lord, that your perfect work be done. We give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Why don't you just lift both your hands and begin to praise him for just a moment? Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Sodom and Gomorrah, what theologians believe to be a five-city metroplex that God had intentions of destroying because of her continual evil. Lot is a kinsman who has allowed the draw of Sodom and the acclaim of men in the city gate to deceive his heart. He has allowed his family to amalgamate themselves into a culture whose chief influence is lust. Not simply the lust of the flesh, but the lust for the acclaim of Sodom's citizens as he now has become a chief ruler in the gate of this evil empire. God is so overwhelmed with the intolerable sight of such overt sin that he chooses to pass judgment on Sodom and her inhabitants. However, there is one caveat to God's plan of judgment. And that is, there is a father who won't let go. It is a story that begins with The calling of God. Abraham, the son of an idol maker in the land of Ur, feels the prompting of a God that he knows nothing of as he calls him to embark on a journey to find a city whose foundations the builder and maker is God. Along with Sarai, his wife, Abram embarks on this journey to find this city that he has been called to. As they began the journey together, Abram and Sarah invite his nephew to become a part of their family. Lot, everywhere we go, you're going to go with us. You're going to be a part of the calling that God has placed on our life. We're going to find a city whose foundations the builder and maker is God, but we're not going alone. We have invited you, Lot, to come and be a participant in what God has called us to find. What it must have felt like to journey with Abraham and Sarah as Abram would begin to tell the stories of his conversations with God, of what it felt like to meet with the Lord and feel his presence and embrace his purpose and calling. 
Lot lived with those experiences and had the blessing that was associated with the anointing of Abraham. Let me just stop right here and make this parenthetical statement. And that is that we need to be careful to understand this morning that we are not blessed alone because of our goodnesses. The fact was that I don't believe that there is anything wrong. Let me just make this statement. I don't think there's anything wrong with being blessed. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. We are his children. I quoted it just a minute ago. He said there's no good thing that he wants to withhold from his children. God wants to bless your family. God wants to bless your life. God wants you to enjoy the goodness of his presence and the gifts that only he can supply and meet the need of in your life. God loves you. Jude said that he gave us unmerited favor. You know what that means? Is that I don't really deserve anything I get. I was too bad. I was too sinful. My nature was too negative. I was just too a little bit of everything. But God said, I don't care how you've been living. And I don't care what you're like. I love you in spite of who you are. Am I ever glad to know that we can experience the unmerited favor of God? I didn't do anything to receive his goodness or his blessing, but he loved me anyway. I feel like preaching to somebody here today, and you may not feel like you deserve a miracle. You may not feel like you deserve the goodness of the Lord, but because of grace, the unmerited favor of God, it makes us who are undeserving, one who can be the recipient of the goodness of the Lord because he loved you. Lot got to believing his own press. I don't think there's anything wrong with being blessed. Here's the problem. Come help me. Here's the problem with Lot today is that the issue has never been that God did not want Lot to be blessed. And so when Lot stood out there with Father Abraham, and Abraham said, you choose, Lot. Lot began to look at his options. And he said, I choose the well-watered plains. That the issue never was that he wanted what was best. I don't believe that God ever had a problem, Brother Jason, with with Lot being blessed and choosing the well-watered plains. The issue that Lot had in his heart or allowed to become a part of the problem is that he allowed something to come between him and Abraham. You hear me? You better have a voice between you in Sodom. You better have somebody in your life that's got veto power that has the ability to say, you know what, you're not choosing right. 
you know what, you need a voice in your life. The only reason that Abraham needed to be in those well-watered plains is because then Lot would have a voice between him and what he lusted for. And the fact is this morning that you need the voice of a man of God in your life that has the ability to say, that's not a good decision. You probably shouldn't go there. That's not a great choice you're about to make. If you're going to be anointed, if God's going to use your life, if you're going to be revolutionized in the way that God God has intentions of using you, then you're going to have to make some changes. You need an Abraham in your life that will keep you from getting a little too close to the edge of damnation. You better thank God for your preacher this morning. I said, you better thank God for your preacher this morning. You better be glad there was somebody who had a burden for your life that was there to pray for you, that wept over your soul, that God has put the charge of the city in his hands so that you can be blessed. Lot, Lot is not blessed on his own merits. Lot forgot that the reason that he is blessed is because Abraham hewed him out of a city like Ur where he was bound for destruction and poured himself into that man so that he could be blessed. Every cow he owns, Brother Brown, every lamb in his flock, every gift that he has is not because of his agricultural prowess, but it's because there's a man of God that the Lord said, everything you touch, I'm going to bless it. Everywhere you go, I'm going to bless it. Anytime you walk out and look at the seashore and you look at those granules of sand, I'm going to remind you that that's going to be the number of your children and the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through your anointing. Every night that he gazed into the stars in the heavens, God said, number the stars, Abraham, because that's going to be how many children you have. I'm going to bless the world through your anointing. Lot got to thinking it was his gifts and talents that was the reason that he was blessed. And he forgot it was because that God put a man in his life that could protect him and help him and guide him and lead him down the path. And the anointing that he had and the business that he had and the blessing that he possessed was because he had a man of God in his life that brought anointing from under his tent flap. have a man of God in your life. Lot began to make some poor choices. He goes to a land that he has no business going to. He begins to amalgamate his family into this culture. A culture that is drawing away their heart into a confusing state. Now, it's kind of hard to remember 
those stories about the voice of the Lord under Abraham's tent flap now when the influence of my life is more about lust and sin and the cultural narrative of the day and now I've become confused and I'm being influenced by Sodom. Now, all of a sudden, I'm part of a culture that is beginning to affirm me in whatever decision I make. Holy Ghost is in this house right now. You hear me, somebody, you don't need somebody to affirm your sin. You need a strong voice that will call you back. We've been trying to do away with the voice that is calling for the painful practice of self-denial and repentance and a call for us to find the Lord and put away the sins of our culture and walk righteously with the Lord. And it makes us uncomfortable, but I want to go to heaven. The truth is today that embarking on this journey was all about finding the city whose foundations the builder and maker is God and just like Abraham and Sarah and Lot. My sole purpose today is I'm still looking for that city. I'm still looking for that city. I'm still looking for that city where the lamb is the light, where the tree of life is standing in that city. And there is a crystal river that flows by that tree. And there is one that sits on the throne. And he is the light of that city. That's really my purpose today. That's what I'm looking for. Lot. Lot has now embraced the mingling of two cultures. He now has become influenced by the world in such a way that the morality of his children is even confusing to him. Lines are no longer drawn. Grandpa Abraham is too old-fashioned to visit during the holidays. The relationship has been severed. And it's more of a priority to be accepted by the culture than it is to keep looking for the city. I'd rather hang out here and have the people in the city to come ask for my wisdom What Lot don't know is that every ounce of wisdom that he has is because of his years of walking with Abraham. Every every time that he shares wisdom with that community, it's because one day he was walking with Father Abraham and Mother Sarah and they said, here's the kind of decision that you need to make. Here are the principles that you need to live by. When you're in trouble, this is the place that you need to call. Your ultimate destination is really the city whose builder and maker is God. And sitting in that gate, he does not realize that every good word that falls from his lips is because of the influence of Abraham. Abraham. 
needs the affirmation of the world. It's clear that he can't even find anything wrong with the moral degradation of their society that he has been elected to lead. He's the chief influence. I don't know that he even knows to the level he has stooped in lacking understanding until one day on the eve of destruction an angel knocks on the door he says Lot we've come to get you out of here and Lot says what in the world are you talking about we come to rescue you and your family make haste get your children together get your wife we're going to the mountain." We're going to the mountain. But you don't understand the mountain is too far away. The mountain, the cliffs, the stones, the challenges that lie in the way, the crisis moments as we have to negotiate ourselves up the hillside. I don't want to go to the mountain. Why don't you let me go to Zoar? He says it in Genesis 19 that it's a place near here. It's geographically close. It doesn't require a whole lot out of me. I don't have to make much of an investment to go there, but I can feel comfortable in the just a little distraction of being far enough away that I can be safe and yet close enough to still peer into what holds my heart. Let me go somewhere. Let me tell you something. Bartering with God has never worked. And bartering with God has never turned out well, including in this specific instance. Just let me go somewhere insignificant is what it means, Zoar does. Just let me go somewhere small that doesn't require a whole lot out of me. Just let me go somewhere I don't have to negotiate through a lot of challenges. I don't want to go to the mountain. tell you something the will of God is the most important thing in your life not your will not appeasing your flesh not the pleasantries of the society that you have amalgamated into but the will of God and his voice in following it is the greatest thing in your life Hear me. I don't know that Eve understood the importance of the will of God. While she sits there on that stump being beguiled by the voice of her enemy, she listens and is drawn into this insatiable appetite for fruit. 
I don't know that she realizes how important that the will of God is and the boundaries that he set are. I don't know that she even understands how imperative it is to listen to God and not barter for her way and not fight with God for her will. I don't know that she understands that until she stands outside the garden watching her son being banished from the family and shoveling handfuls of dirt over the dead body of her son. And in the presence of judgment, I think that Eve mutters, I wish I'd listened to his voice. That Sunday morning when he was prompting me and conviction was so present in the church, I wish I had listened. Because if I had listened to the prompting of the Spirit and the call of God and the tug of God on my life, I wouldn't be burying this boy right now and we'd be living in paradise in the garden. Lot don't want a mountain. Lot wants something that's easy. He wants something that doesn't require a sacrifice. He wants something that's close in proximity that, that renders him technically insignificant and he can still be close enough to Sodom and yet still be in the safety of Zoar. And I can stand with my hands united in two worlds and enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season and still feel the touch of God on my life when I need my spiritual fix. Lot's struggling right now. But there's something real powerful that happens in the escape. As they begin to negotiate back and forth about the journey. Lot saying, I don't want to go to the mountain. And the angel saying, that's what the Lord sent us to do. We're going to destroy this city. My whole purpose in being here is about destroying this city. You need to escape and get to the mountain. I don't want to go to the mountain. I want to go to Zoar, somewhere close, somewhere insignificant, somewhere that don't require a whole lot. I don't have to repent for anything. I don't have to sell my life out to any other purpose. I can still forget about Father Abraham and be a part of it. We got to go. The Bible says that in this discourse, I'm paraphrasing in my East Tennessee vernacular. He says to him, Brother Brown, I don't care what you do. I don't care. I don't care if you stay in Sodom. I don't care if you go to the mountain. I don't care if you go to Zoar. I don't care what you do because I'm really not here for you anyway. I'm here because the Lord sent me to bring judgment to this city. You are not the reason I'm here. I have been sent 
to exercise judgment on this city but I can't do what I've been sent here to do because on the other side of those well watered plains on the other side of that river is a father who won't let go and this morning he was praying and he told the Lord whatever you gotta do save my boy inside him and the Lord made a deal with Abraham that because of your faithfulness and because of your love and because of your prayer I will not let them destroy the city except they bring you out I feel like telling somebody today your life may be riddled with bad decision after bad decision but there is a God that cares about you that is leaning over the balcony of heaven and he will not let you go He's still holding on to a memory of a prayer meeting, of a Bible study, of a conversation, and he can't walk away from you. Coffee. Coffee that morning in Abraham's tent probably sounded something like this as Sarah said to Abraham Abraham where'd we go wrong we loved that boy we cared about him we invested in him Abraham do you remember that time when we gave him his first little ewe lamb We told him that if he would learn how to financially negotiate his farm in such a way that it created a profit, that there would be a day that he would have more sheep than he had land for. Oh, I remember. You remember when we gave him his first manservant. We told him that he... He had all the understandings of how to build him a herd of cattle that would rival any herd in the land. He had the prowess necessary to build a herd of strong cattle. And that he would just keep investing that the Lord was going to bless him. You remember that? wonder why he don't come home at Christmas anymore. I wonder why he stays away on the holidays. It's been a long time since Lot's been home to visit with us. I wonder why he don't ever come back to the altar. He doesn't attend church as much or it doesn't seem like the presence of the Lord really affects him like it used to. I wonder what's happened to dull the senses of our boy. Abraham said, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm going to talk to the Lord about how to get him out of Sodom. The Bible said that Abraham begins to pray for the deliverance of his boy. He's here right now. He said, Lord, 
if there be 50 righteous people, just 50, would you save Sodom? I would. I'd save it if there were 50 righteous people, but there's not 50 righteous people in Sodom. Fine. Fine. If there are if there are 30 righteous people, would you save it? Yeah, I would. I would. But there's not 30 righteous people there. What about 20? God, if there were 20 righteous people, would you save that city? Yeah. If there's 20, I'd save them. But there isn't 20 righteous people. You hear me, somebody? Abraham don't care about the 19 others that he's about to save as he begins to pray to the Lord that morning. All he has his mind on is that one boy that's his that he's poured his life into and 19 others are going to be the recipient of the relationship between Lot and Abraham. You hear me, somebody, today? There is a memory you have with God and there is a church and there are people that love you and every time you're not here they're negotiating with God God don't let them go too far this time don't let them miss it don't let them walk away don't let them lose out on the relationship hear me there is a father who is leaning over the balcony of heaven and he will not let go of you stand to your feet all over the room I had a man ask me one time. Actually, he made a statement. He said, I believe that it's almost impossible to go to heaven. I listen. And I say, Brother Brown, that it's almost impossible to go to hell. And the reason I think that is because just like Lot in Sodom, in the midst of bad decisions and proclivities that we cannot describe in this forum, he had to walk past a whole lot of mercy to be lost. He had to walk past a bunch of prayer meetings and he had to walk past a bunch of sermons and he had to walk through a whole lot of blood that's able to cover a multitude of sin. He had to walk past the loving arms of a God who believed in restoration that was looking out for Lot even though he wasn't looking out for himself. You hear me, young man or young lady, young adult or or elder in this church, there is a God that has memories of you and if you're going to be lost. It's going to be because you walk past the mercy and the grace and the blood of Jesus. Stand all over the room. read something very interesting as Jesus approaches the woman at the well
she says, Are you greater than our father Jacob who built this well? Jesus said, If you had the foresight to drink of the water that I have to offer you, you would drink because you would never thirst again. If you would just drink from this well. And Jesus in this discourse is just talking about water. He's metaphorically speaking of a spiritual water and she's speaking of the natural water in the well. And out of nowhere, Jesus says something. Y'all hear me now? Jesus says something very powerful and yet disconcerting all at the same time and quite uncomfortable for her. He said, woman, where's your husband? You hear me? There are some things we don't like to talk about. There's stuff that we got going on that we don't just freely share with everybody else. And rather than answer the question, she deflects in the moment. And she said, I don't have a husband. Why? Why does Jesus not leave well enough alone? Really? Jesus, why don't you just let me be comfortable? Why don't you just let me live in Zoar? Why don't you let me just have a place that's close and insignificant? Why is it that you are pressing me about something I don't want to talk about? Jesus said, well said, woman. Because you've had five husbands... And the one that you're living with right now isn't even your husband. Now she says something that's real insightful. She said, hmm, you must be a prophet. (laughs) Really? What's significant about that statement is that in Jewish history, a woman wasn't allowed to get a divorce. She didn't have the rights to divorce her husband. And so that meant that there were five men in her life who had rejected her. And when Jesus said, woman, where is your husband? Immediately, she has to negotiate through every moment of rejection that she's ever experienced. Every time that she stood in front of a city gate and a man said, I don't like you anymore. You're ugly. You're unappealing to me. You can't have children. You're infertile. I don't want to be married to you. When Jesus said, where is your husband? She has to walk back through every private moment that she spent years burying underneath the emotional fortitude of her sadness. 
reason most likely that theologians believe possibly it could be a mixture of both. But the reason for the divorces is probably because she can't have children. When Jesus said, where is your husband? She not only has to negotiate through all the rejection, but she's got to walk through every miscarriage. She's got to go through every time that she spent alone in the night in her tent realizing she can never have a baby. She had to live through every moment when she walked to the well. And the other ladies pointed their finger at her and said, you're not like us, you're not good enough. Why? Why does Jesus force her to look at all of those issues about herself? I'll tell you why. Because he cannot heal what we won't reveal. And Jesus was forcing her to go back. Not two marriages ago, not three marriages ago, not four marriages ago. But she's got to go all the way back to marriage number one, sitting at the gate, the rejection, the prompting of her husband, the nature of the relationship, the negativity that she's lived through, the abuse and the turmoil and the struggle and the emotion of the crisis. She has to go back at the beginning and deal with the very issue that has her at the well today so that Jesus can look at her and say, woman, I want to heal you of every struggle that you've ever had because there's a father you have in Israel today that loves you. He cares about you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make you whole. I end with this. I've been pastoring a year and a half in Kansas City. And before that, for <coughs> four months, I was the executive pastor at Aaron Bounds Church in Zanesville, Ohio. Aaron called me one day and he said, Huck, I need you to run by the hospital. He said, I have a man in the hospital who is terminally ill. His name's Larry Evans. I need you to go pray for Larry. I went by the hospital that day and I prayed with him and we got to share a little time. I was there. I've preached about him enough. I needed to be, but I was there preaching the weekend of Larry's memorial service. But Larry told the story of his cancer treatment. He said they put a port in him and they gave him portable chemotherapy. So he ran a pick line, the doctor did, into that port. And every time that it was necessary for him to take a treatment, he would be able to walk around and do anything that he felt like doing so long as he didn't pull the pick line out of the port. Larry said one day he, he got to maneuvering around and for some odd reason that pick line came out of the port and when it did, it spilled all of those chemicals down his arm and it began to eat his flesh away. 
His wife, Sister Evans, rushed him to the hospital. And when he got to the hospital, the doctors and nurses came in and they began to clean up all the chemical spill on his arm. Larry said, as he sat there and watched them clean his arm, that he looked at his doctor and he said, Doc, I have a question. He said, how is it possible that the very thing that you're running into my bloodstream to heal me can eat my flesh? How is that possible? Larry said the doctor peered back at him and said, because Larry, the blood can handle what the flesh can't. I feel like telling somebody in this room and you feel like you've gone too far and you've messed up too much and you've walked too far away that the blood of Jesus is still able to cover a multitude of your sin and the blood can handle what your flesh can't. What you can't make sense of, the blood of Jesus can cover. Lift your hands all over this room, would you? If you're here today and you need the blood of Jesus to cover something in your life or you need a renewal like you haven't had in a while, just step out in the aisle and make your way down to the front and let the blood of Jesus wash you. Come on, somebody. He won't let go. He ain't going to let go of you. Come on. He's not going to let go of you. He cares too much. You've got too many memories together. You thought maybe that you had done something to separate him. And his love from you because of your choices. But there is a father. There's a father in heaven who's looking over the balcony, saying, I've got too much invested in them to let them walk away without covering up their mistake. Go ahead. Oh, until you have it all. My heart is yours. I won't. Oh, until you have it all. My heart is yours.
Until 
filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost right now. Let's just linger in the presence of the Lord. Just reach for Him. His voice is speaking right now. This is priceless in value. Take advantage of His presence right now. Be encouraged. Be lifted up. Uh, let your faith be strengthened right now. This is a priceless moment. Take advantage of this. Just reach out to Him. He's not far from you. He's right here.
that is supernatural reach over and pray for somebody right now find somebody and pray with them the Holy Ghost is moving from person to person the anointing is here there's power in numbers as they continue to lead us in worship there's a move of the Spirit let's let God do what He wants to do as they continue to lead us into the presence of the Lord pray for them right now encourage them speak a word of faith over them
feels Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The presence of the Lord is so, so powerful in this place. And, and I feel Him. And, and I like what I feel. Do you guys feel the same way? I, I like what I feel in this place. Praise God. Amen. The Word of God was very, very powerful, penetrating today. And I want to let you know that uh, God has placed us here in this region. And uh, we've been on an exciting ride the last few years, but it's only going to get better. Great things are in store for Life Church. And uh, there is a spirit at work that wants to push you and your family onto the sidelines so you just observe what's taking place. Did you hear me? I'll say that again. There is a spirit at work that wants to push you and your family onto the sidelines to be observers in what takes place. That would be a tragedy for you guys. I'm telling you right now, we need everybody. We need everybody to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing, this supernatural, miraculous, impactful mission that you've called us to do in this region. Best thing you could do for your kids is get them plugged in. Best thing you could do for your family is teach them to put God first in your life. Number one, everything else is secondary. Let me say it again. There is a spirit at work to push your family into the sidelines and just watch what's happening. But there's got to be somebody that's got some fight in you that says, I recognize this for what it is, and I reject every voice of Satan. I reject every pressure of this culture and world to put my family come on, on the sidelines. Powerful, powerful word today. Lot was spared judgment, but his family was lost. 
because he hung out in Zoar. Is there anybody here that says, I'm ready to go to the mountain? Come on. God's got great things for us. I want to go to the mountain. I want to take my family to the mountain. Praise the Lord. Amen. What a powerful week that we've had. Several young people refilled with the Holy Ghost. Some maybe even for the first time that have been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I, I just feel encouraged here. I feel encouraged here that young people have heard the voice of God. They, they've, they've spent time praying in, in the presence of the Lord. This is not the end. This is just a launching pad, right, for what God has for us in the coming weeks and months. Anybody believe that God has great things for the Bridge Student Network? As well as Life Church? I'm sorry. I looked up in that youth choir, and I saw preachers up there, worship leaders. I saw soul winners, Bible study teachers. You can see what you want to see, but what I saw was prophetic, that there was anointing on that platform. There's anointing in these pews. God has great things. Great things in store for Life Church. Great things in store for the Bridge Student Network. Amen? And so let's work together. Let's remain unified. Let's believe that God has working in and among these young people. And he's going to rise up, raise up leaders from among them. He will. Amen. Next generation soul winners. I know, I know, I know, I know. I think I'm pretty hip and cool, but I ain't going to win no high schoolers. That's y'all's job. You're the one that see them. You're the one that know what they're dealing with. You're the one that are there beside them. You're the one that can relate to them. I'm dependent on you guys. There's a lot of lost people and hungry people out there that need Jesus, that are desperate for Jesus, and you're a light. Amen. Wherever you are and whoever you are, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill shall not be hid. Praise God. Woo! Amen. I, I, feel, I know you already heard a sermon, but I feel good. Hallelujah. I feel good today. Feel encouraged. Feel faith in my spirit. Amen. I want you to take this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday night, and come together for our, our, our church meeting. Saturday night for prayer. Sunday. Let, let's keep the revival burning. And those of you that are a part of the prayer ministry, which should be everybody, but those of you that are part of the prayer ministry at Life Church, what we're experiencing and feeling is a result of God's grace and mercy, but it's also a result of our prayers. I want you to keep praying. I want you to keep coming to prayer meeting. Oh, I'm not getting a lot of amens right now, but I'm telling you, this is what's going to push revival forward. Hallelujah. Keep making it a part of your daily schedule. The more the church prays, the more revival comes. The more the church prays, the more young people are on fire for God. The more the church prays, the more people get the Holy Ghost. The more the church prays, come on now, the more the church prays, the less divorces happen. The more the church prays, more people get healed miraculously from diseases. The, come on, the more the church play, prays, the more the lost people, faithless people are born again through the power of the Holy Ghost. Keep praying. Keep praying, church. Amen. I, amen. Thank you, Brother Huckabee. Thank you a hundred times over for preaching today the word of the Lord. Amen. Being with us this weekend and uh, agreeing to be away from your sweet wife, Natalie, who we love kids. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Brother Sean, for coming with him to, to uh, look out for him. 
and uh, his bodyguard. Amen. Thank you for being here. And I don't know about you, but I love the crumbs. They did a great job. Amen. They did so good. I wish I could keep them around here. Amen. Really good job. Thank you, guys. And uh, also, uh, Ivan, if you can come up here. I want to introduce you guys. This is uh, Ivan, Ivan Trejo. His, uh, he is a young minister. His father uh, pastors a church. He assists with his father. And uh, he and uh, Veronica. Veronica, wave your hand back there. Everybody know Veronica? They, uh, a few week, weeks ago, were engaged to be married. And so we're uh, very proud and excited for them. And uh, so I just wanted to introduce you to Ivan. I'm just going to ask him to close this service out with a prayer for our young people. That just pray for them and uh, pray that what God is doing would continue and uh, that they would be blessed. Amen. So, Brother Ivan, it's so nice uh, for us to get to connect with you. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Um, there's a beautiful spirit in this house. Amen. Thank God for, for, for this worship, amen, for this atmosphere, for this spirit of God that, that, that's, that's flooding this place, amen. The prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47, speaks of a river flowing from the temple of God, and, and I just envision that. You know, water is, is, is a type of, of life in the Bible. It, it represents life. It represents life in, in our everyday life. If you, if you, if water is, is, is where life exists, amen. And and I and, and I just I just feel that that in this place a river is gonna flow from from this place into the city of Monrovia to the San Gabriel Valley. And I just I just see that. I just see God flowing from this house and just flooding this 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 whole area. And, and I thank God for, for the love that I feel in this place for the and for and for God's spirit, amen. And with that, let's let's just pray that that God will continue to bless uh, this ministry, this this leadership, um, and and let's let's say a special prayer for this for this student ministry. And I know God is is already doing great things, Amen. He, he's already doing great things, but I believe that God is He just wants to take us from glory to glory, Amen. Can you speak that over this? over this ministry, that God will take us from this glory to a new glory. Would you, would you lift your hands in this place today? Heavenly Father, we come before you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for what you have done in this place, for the ministry that you have started in this place, for the ministry that is in, in this church, God. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit, for your direction, God, for your anointing, God. We thank you, Jesus, because we know that you are with us. We know, God, that we have you in our midst, God. We know, God, that it's by your hand that, that we are being led, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this student ministry, God. And today, Lord, we ask you that you would just pour out a new anointing, a fresh anointing. That you would just take us, Lord, into a new glory, Lord, into a new level, into a new dimension, God. That you would just lead us, God. That you would take our hands and just lead us, Lord, wherever you want us to go, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would sprout ministries in this place that you would lift up preachers, God, that you would lift up teachers, God, that you would lift up, God, new and fresh ministries, God, that you would just empower our young people, God, that there would be a revolution, God, in the St. Gabriel Valley, God, that you would take us, Lord, into that new place, 
where you want us to be, Lord Jesus, that a river of life would flow from this house, Lord Jesus, and just flood the surrounding areas, God. We pray, Lord God, and we declare Monrovia is for Jesus, God. We pray, Lord, and we declare, Lord Jesus, Pasadena is for Jesus, God. We pray, Lord, and we say, Jesus, El Monte is for Jesus, Lord Jesus. Duarte is for Jesus. Arcadia is for Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Take us, Lord, from this place, but never from your presence, God. Let us dwell in your word, God. Let us meditate on it, Jesus. We thank you, God. We appreciate you. We give you all the honor and all the glory. And all God's people say, amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Remember, we'll be back here Tuesday night, 6.30 for prayer, 7 o'clock for our groups. Fellowship with one another and share the love of Jesus. I feel the love of God flowing in this place. Let it flow from you to other people, all right? God bless you.